1: All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because we have an absolute rock star on the line this week. And I know I say that about every guest, but this guest actually is a rock star and she's got the statistics to prove it. She's a very successful course creator herself. She makes um about a million dollars a year and she has for for the last few years now but not only that she helps other course creators be really successful themselves shows every trick in the book when it comes to to launching she's got a very successful podcast herself but most importantly which shows me she's a very very smart person is that she lives in australia so without further ado and let me introduce the one and only Ms. steph taylor steph how are you
0: I'm good, thanks, Jono. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. And I was wondering where you were going with that that last part because <laughs> I, did, I had no idea. I wasn't expecting you to say that she lives there's, in Australia
1: because <laughs> there's so many talents, right? There's podcasting, yeah. there's social media, there's courses, there's um, launching, but most importantly, Australia. Do you do you consider yourself an Aussie yet, Steph? Oh
0: yeah, getting there. Uh, I'm not a citizen yet. I've lived here for ten years, but. I still don't have citizenship. I'm a kiwi, kiwi kiwi citizen in Australia, so don't hold that against me, please.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to your story in a sec. Just before we do, I've obviously known you for a couple of years now. We met in person in social media world, which was awesome to see you yeah. uh, face-to-face. If the listeners haven't heard of you, they can obviously go back and listen to the previous um, episode, but give us a little bit of background. What is it you do, Steph?
0: Yeah, so I am a digital product launch strategist, which basically means that I help course creators and other digital product creators to launch their online products in a way that allows them to have a bigger impact create a bigger profit and create more freedom in their lives. So often when I talk about launches, people think that I help people to put a course together. That is creation. I don't teach that. I create, I I teach the actual campaign side of it. So how do you get those people to buy your online course either before you've created it while you're creating it or after you've created it and it's out there in the world? Where I've noticed so many people go wrong is they put all of this effort into creating a course. And you might have noticed this as well, Jono, people pour months and months of effort. They might hire a videographer. They might, yeah, they might get it all professionally produced and then they put it on their website and they tell people it's there and nobody buys it. And that's where the power of launching comes in because when you're launching it, you are getting it in front of those right people. You are tailoring the messaging so that the right people know that it's a good fit for them. You typically would have a cart open, cart close period. So it's like a limited period of time where somebody can buy from you and that compels them to act now rather than just putting it on your website and people can buy at any time and they the don't.
1: And pray, the hope and frame method, right?
0: Yeah, hope and pray. Um, the you know when people say, "Oh, I'm, I'm setting up an evergreen course," mm. and I ask them what they mean by that, and they say, "Oh, it's just on my website for people to buy at any time," mm. and it's like, "Oh, but you need you still need to have some kind of marketing behind
1: it." Yeah, bang on, love it. Well, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a heap of people listening, Steph, that are interested to hear this episode. What I recommend they also do is, I believe you're just about to launch. So I'd love to hear about that. But I'll even just um, explain for the listeners. Obviously, you know, Steph's got a webinar coming up. Attend that webinar. Listen to the info. It's also good because she's kind of practiced what she's preaching. So you'll essentially follow these steps and you're going to her funnel and you'll see what she does. And then you might be like, oh, I see what that does. I like it or I don't like it or whatever it may be. Hey, I might, you know, um, follow Steph or do more work with Steph. So do you want to let us a little bit know this will launch on Monday, Steph? or Sunday in the U S but either way, it's going to be around Monday. What's the, what do you got coming up?
0: Yeah. So I, next Friday on the 13th of May, I'm running my live masterclass. It's brand new. I've never taught this one before. It's called launching simplified. And it's all about how to launch in a way that feels fun, flowy, inspired, creative, rather than launching how so many people will tell you to launch with all of the upsells and tripwires and downsells and all of those things. Yeah, you can add those things in, but this is all about getting that simple launch out there first, and then you can add the bells and whistles on. But we want to make sure that your launch feels good because if it feels crap, you're not going to want to do it. Your audience is going to tell because your energy's off and ultimately it's going to show in your results.
1: Yep. Okay. I will put the link to that webinar down in the show notes. If you're interested, click that link there. Um, Steph, let us know a little bit of background about you. So you've mentioned you're a a digital launch strategist. Did you just wake up one day and, and change your Instagram bio or tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah.
0: So no, I was definitely never, this was never in my career path intentions. I actually started out as an accountant working in insolvency, corporate finance, that kind of world and while i was doing that i started a blog one day i thought this would be fun i like writing i like learning about marketing i started a blog i started hanging out on social media and i started side hustling as a freelance social media manage manager which then led to me thinking huh rather than me working on all of these clients brands Let me create my own product. I ended up creating an e-commerce product. Let me create my own product and go out on my own and let's see what happens there. So that was kind of where my passion for marketing started. Uh, Long story short, I ended up Failing spectacularly at that business, having to go and get a part time job, but in marketing. And that was probably the best thing that could have happened because that was where I was first introduced to the world of podcasting, into the world of course creation. And that was ultimately where I was when I created my very first course, which was a course about Facebook ads. And I knew at that point, I knew I didn't want to keep a part time job forever. I knew I wanted to be in my business full time. So I did that first launch of the first course and it ended up being around the $10,000 mark, which isn't, it wasn't a huge launch, but that, at that stage, my costs were pretty minimal. I was about to go traveling in Europe for a couple of months, so I didn't have any rent to pay. And that launch actually covered about two and a half months of travel, which was awesome. So fast forward from there, I came back from my travel and I was kind of struggling. I had a few marketing clients, but everyone would come to me for the free advice about marketing. But I was really struggling to get um, get specific clients. And what I realized when I sat down with a business coach was that I was the generalist. I was the GP, the person that people came to when they didn't know what was wrong with them, but then when they wanted specific, they wanted somebody to specifically help them with Instagram marketing, they'd go to the Instagram expert or they wanted the Pinterest marketing person, they'd go to the Pinterest person. Unfortunately, nobody really knew what I did, and I knew I needed to niche down into something. So when I sat down with this business coach and I asked her, I was like, "What? What should I be? I don't know what my thing is. Like, I want to do a course about email marketing. I want to do a course about Instagram. I want to do a course about uh, Pinterest." And she was like to me, she was like, hmm, "Clearly, your thing is launching because nobody else likes launching, and here you are. You just want to launch all of these things left, right, and center." So that was the big aha moment. It took me about another year after I realized that that was going to be my niche to actually pull the pin and go all in on that niche. Because typical story, right? When you're thinking of niching down and you know it's the right thing to do, but you're so terrified that if you niche, you're going to lose customers. You're saying no to potential clients. So I only ended up actually niching down into launching After I launched my course about Instagram marketing and had maybe five people sign up.
1: Yeah,
0: wow. I'd put all of my eggs into this basket. I'd invested basically all of the money that I had left in my business into Facebook ads because I thought everyone's been asking me for an Instagram course. This is going to be amazing. And I launched it. And unfortunately, because I wasn't the Instagram expert, because I hadn't I hadn't shown people why they needed this course my Instagram course over all of the other Instagram courses out there, I had five people sign up. So that was the real like rock bottom moment where I was applying for jobs and I was basically ready to give up on my business until somebody called me from one of the jobs that I'd applied for. It was a marketing manager role at an activewear company. And they said, well, we'd like to get you in for an interview. And something in my brain, I don't know what it was, but I responded to her question before I even thought about it. My response was, no, thank you. I've already taken a job elsewhere. Okay. So uh, my brain just knew. Which I you wasn't- Which you haven't, right? I hadn't, my job was working for myself. Uh, so I, I knew like I wasn't ready to leave business yet, but I knew that something had to change. And that was when I doubled down into launching. So I learned, I niched down. I worked with as many clients as I could. I learned everything that I could possibly learn about launch strategy. And two and a half years later, here I am. I've now taught more than hundred thousand people in my free webinars. Wow. I've taught more than 200 students how to launch profitably with my course launch magic. I've had more than 1.4 million downloads of my podcast. And if you told me two and a half years ago, when I was there applying for jobs, that this would be me two and a half years later, there's no way, no way I would have believed you. So that's kind of the, the long winded journey of how I got to where
1: I am. That's crazy. Well, that's super inspiring, Steph. I'm sure a lot of people are like, man, that's awesome. This woman's inspiring. I'm going to follow her. I'm going to check out her webinar this week. There's also going to be a lot of people thinking, yeah, that's all well and good for you, Steph. But uh, <laughs> what about me? How can you help me? Can you give some of the listeners some tips if they're like, what's the best view you if they haven't done a launch yet or if they mm-hmm. have had an unsuccessful launch? How should we kind of so should we do both, or should I hand it over to you? Where do we go from here? Well,
0: yeah. So typically, um, whether you've done a launch already and it hasn't been successful, or whether you've not done a launch before, you're probably going to be starting from the same place. Because if you've done a launch before and it hasn't been successful, the I would I would first again, recommend. Right? Well, I would first recommend going back and looking at all of the stats, figuring mm. out where people dropped off, where people weren't converting. That's going to be your first thing. And the other thing is sending out some kind of non-buyer survey to find out why people didn't buy. Once you've got those, once you've got that insight, you're probably going to be going back to basics and starting from square one because there's so many different things. There's so many moving pieces in your launch. And if you don't get them all lined up, then yeah, you are setting yourself up for failure. So the easiest place to start is from the very beginning. I always recommend that you start launching at least six weeks before cart open. Most people think that your launch is what happens after you open doors. Nope. By the time you open doors, you should already have people who are ready to buy from you. It's not about open doors. All right, let's now convince people to buy, because if you're waiting until you've opened doors to convince people to buy, you've left it way too late. And that's typically where we get the people who've opened doors and nobody's bought. Uh, So we want to start at least six weeks out and we want to start by consistently showing up, consistently sharing content that gets people to where they need to be, to be ready to buy from you. And that is not usually going to be snippets of your product. Most people think that the content you share in your launch is just little sneak peeks from your course. Unfortunately, that is where people go wrong. There is usually a lot of other stuff that they need to know, understand, believe before they'll be ready to buy, or before they'll even be ready to consume those snippets of the course, before they'll be ready to take action in your course and get those results. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Can you give us that? That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Can you also give us an example, Steph? Maybe pick a, pick a course niche and what some mm-hmm. of the stuff they could be posting to get the person ready to, to buy
0: Absolutely. So, uh, I'll use a couple of my ones, for example. So my course launch magic, which is a 12 week program on how to do your launch essentially, um, before somebody can know before somebody can be ready to join launch magic, they need to know that a launch starts at least six weeks before cart open. They need to know that your launch isn't just what happens on card open day because nobody's going to sign up for a 12-week course that teaches them what to do in say seven days of card open. No way. Uh another course that I have is an eight is my A to Z podcast launch plan. Before somebody launches a podcast, before somebody's ready to take that course about launching a podcast, they need to know things like it's not too late to launch a podcast. They need to know that they need to have a unique idea about their podcast because a unique topic for their podcast. Otherwise it's going to be really difficult to stand out. They need to know that they don't have to spend thousands of dollars on equipment and that it doesn't have to be super complicated. Um, Give me, give me another example and I'll uh, give me another niche and I'll come up with some examples on the fly.
1: Relationship ones.
0: Okay. So let's say it's a, um, let's say it's a course on how to get a second date. Yeah. So somebody needs to know maybe before they can buy a course about how to get a second date, they need to know, um, how to have a successful first date
1: Mm -hmm. for starters. Yeah. I'll put the links down in the show notes.
0: They need to know what that to is, look uh, yeah. for in a first date. Um, they need to know maybe um, what uh, they need the buyer, to know, right? like
1: the, t- the Tinder buyer. That's what I'm thinking straight away. You've got to have straight your buyer up, yeah. order. You've got to know your first message. You know.
0: Yeah. So we're getting people to that point where they are they've done that first date and now they're ready to get that second date. Because if you're reaching out to people who haven't even had a first date and you're like, here's how you get the second date. And they're like, well, I'm still over here struggling to get these first dates. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be ready to buy your course. Let's take a quick break.
1: right now. Yeah, love it. There's so many good things there, you know, it's kind of like, I like the idea where you're also helping them to get to mm-hmm. a certain point and it's kind of like, great, I hope you to get to this point here, here's some great info, that'll build a lot of trust with the audience as well. Oh, Steph, she's awesome, she's got me to this point here, but now what the crap do I do? Well, <laughs> if I'm going to take the next step, I can go and risk it with somebody else or I can go with Steph who's taking me to this point here. So I, I exactly. love that.
0: Exactly. And where I think people get worried is they think I'm not giving enough value with my free content. People worry that to give enough value with their free content, they have to give snippets from their course. Mm. But you're actually giving more value if you are meeting people where they are at, addressing what they currently believe, what they currently know, and moving them through to that point where they are ready to buy. That's more valuable than constantly churning out snippets of what you're actually teaching in your course.
1: Loved. Awesome. All right. Now, I believe you break your launch down into three kind of major steps. Mm -hmm.
0: Three, three kind of pillars. So most important, most important place to start is strategy. Um, We have strategy, then we have the planning, and then we have the action. Strategy and planning, great. But unless you take action, you're not going to have a launch planning and action. Great. You'll have a launch, but you're not going to have any profit from your launch. And if you've got a great strategy and you take action on it, great. Your launch will happen. It's going to be a hot mess though, because you have no plan around what you're doing and when. So you need all three elements to have a profitable launch that feels good. And that You know, is strategically aligned. Uh, So, where we start is we always start with that strategy. So, thinking, okay, so where over the next 60 to 90 days or six to 12 weeks, where are we moving these people from and where are we taking them to? What is that overarching journey that we are taking people on? Where are they right now today? And where do we need them to be on? that day when we open doors. For example, um, today they haven't even had a first date. We need them to understand how easy it is to have a first date and know that the really hard part is getting that second date after you've had the first date. For example, we need them to understand or we need them to I believe that
1: it's yeah. Can you use your course? I think this will be cool if you can use mm. your launch as an example now and kind yeah. of like, you know, right where I started Launch Magic and like this launch here, you know I, I had people here and the goal was there i think that could be cool because it's kind of like a real life thing or in the middle of it now you know
0: yeah absolutely and in some ways i'm always sharing this content i'm not just sharing it in that 60 to 90 days leading up because i know that it can help people year round so what um where somebody is say 60 days before i open doors they think that a lo- they think that launching your, your course is uh, the creation part of it. They think that mm-hmm. launching it is putting it up on your website once you've created it and then finding people to buy it. So one of the things that I need them to know about course creation and course launches is that your launch is not what happens when you open doors. They need to also know that if they just put it on their website and start looking for customers, then they are probably going to be severely disappointed. Mm-hmm. Another thing that people believe is that if you have, if you spend all this time creating an incredible course, people are just going to want to buy it. Mm-hmm. They need to know, they need to understand that that's not how it works. You could have the most amazing course out there, but unless you put some marketing behind it, unless you launch it, people aren't going to find it. So, those are a couple of examples of the overarching strategies. How are we getting them from here to there? Um, And what we tend to do in here is we're looking at okay, so there's going to be probably um, some kind of hero content. For me, that's my podcast. For some people, that's blogs. Other people, it's video content. We're going to have email content that goes out. Then we're going to have social posts. So, we're looking at the overall broad, broader strategy. What are we, um, how are we getting this content out there? How are we going to be teaching these people and moving them through that journey? Then we move into the planning, which is where we're actually breaking it down. Okay. So every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I release a podcast episode on my podcast socialette. This is what each content topic is going to be in part of, in that journey of moving them from where they are to where they need to be. We'd also look at, okay, what dates are we going to have in the launch? When is cart open going to be? When are the webinar dates and times going to be? Uh, how often are we emailing the list? How many cart open emails are we going to send? What's going to be in each card open email? So the planning is really the nitty gritty. Where I think a lot of people get lost in a launch is that they think that the planning has to finish before they can start taking action. But in reality, you can actually plan your launch as you are going. You don't have to have written all of your cart open emails before you start sharing that launch content 90 days out. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have written every single social media post and scheduled it. As long as you're like a couple of weeks ahead, then that's still going to feel pretty good. But for most of us, some people do like to plan 12 weeks ahead. But for most of us, it's going to happen as you're going through it. And that's totally fine.
1: Gotcha. And then the action.
0: And then the action. So the action is where we where we kind of get in our heads. You can have the perfect plan, the perfect strategy, but you need to take that action. And the action is the scary part because that is when you are starting to share content that might be different, content that you've never shared before, content that might be um, pushing the edges a little bit. It's It's then starting to show up, starting to show your face. If you haven't necessarily shown your face online before, or sharing your voice, if you haven't done that in your podcast, it's then starting to think about, okay, how are we getting people into the webinar? Great. Let's start to actually send those emails out. Let's start to promote the webinar. Let's show up on the webinar. Let's open doors. Let's do the stuff that we planned and that we said we would do in the plan. But it sounds really easy. It sounds like action should be the easiest part once you've done the planning, but that's where things like procrastination, perfectionism, all of the little self sabotaging, overcomplicating. That's probably another really common one. We start to get into that self sabotaging behavior because suddenly our brain is like, oh, no, this feels uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. Let's just procrastinate by doing this thing that feels really easy instead. I still do that. I'm in the fourth launch of the same course. Like I've launched Launch Magic three times before. I have the sales page. I have all the card open emails, everything's done, but I still feel myself procrastinating on taking action and on showing up because it still feels uncomfortable. And it's so, it's so normal. It's baked into us to just keep doing what feels familiar and shying away from the things that feel a little bit scary. Let's take a quick break.
1: You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. No, oh, I love that. I think that that's one thing I've noticed in life and especially in marketing. It's kind of like if I've got a plan, it always works best to stick to that plan. It never works better like oh, the night before. You know what? I might actually change this plan a little bit. It sounds good in my head. I, I'll change it. It never works. So that's one rule I've actually got. It's kind of like, all right, um, I've got my plan. And then I stick to that plan, at least for that period of time. If I need to change it or pivot, okay, fine. But like, it's so much easier if I've got that plan there. So I love that. Um, Steph, I believe you've got some good do's and don'ts when it comes oh to launching. Oh, yes. What's the best way? Should we do a do and then a don't? Or should we do our list of do's and then list of don'ts? What's the best way we do? Oh, this? let's
0: let's just do them as they come up because I know that they'll pop into my brain as I'm talking.
1: Awesome. <laughs> so I've, I've covered
0: off on a few of them already. I'm going to rehash them though, because I, I believe in repetition. Uh, so do start your launch as early as possible. Don't put it off. Don't hang around waiting for that right time. Do just start posting that content because... The, Earlier that you start posting that content, the earlier you're going to start realizing what resonates and what doesn't resonate. And that allows you to tweak and course correct your messaging so that you can rescue your launch if you need to two weeks into sharing that content. If you're noticing that, oh, I'm talking about podcasting equipment and people don't want to hear about podcasting equipment. They think that they think podcasting equipment is easy as recording into their iPhone. Great. I know that I'm not resonating there. So how can I course create course, correct and tweak that messaging and share content that will resonate. Um, so that's one do start as early as possible. Um, don't, uh, don't leave it all to the last minute. That is how you end up feeling like a hot mess in your launch. When you are sending those cart open emails on the day that they are supposed to go out, that's when you feel like a hot mess. Because what tends to happen is that maybe your launch isn't going as well as planned. And you think, oh, what's the point of sending this email out? Nobody wants my product anyway. I'm just not going to send it you're self-sabotaging your launch by not sending that out.
1: (laughs) A guaranteed way to make sure no one buys it, right? By don't sending that email.
0: Well, this is, and this is, okay, let's lead into another don't. Don't allow self-sabotaging behavior to get in the way of your launch. Because if you are telling yourself, this launch is going to fail, this launch is going to fail. Like if you believe that your launch is going to fail, you are going to take, behavior that will make your launch fail. You're going to take actions that make your launch fail. You're going to procrastinate, which is going to lead to your launch not being as good as you want it to be. You're going to be a perfectionist, which means that you don't share as much content with the world, which means you don't send out all of those emails because they're not perfect. You're going to overcomplicate things, which is going to spiral you into overwhelm and lead to inaction. So believing that you can do it and that can be really hard. Um, I, I'll talk about this in a second, but believing that you can do it or believing that it's essential for you to do it are um, super important. So that's another do is believe that you can do it. If you can't believe that you can do it because it's just so far-fetched, then believe that it is essential to the life that you want to live and the business that you want to build. So what do I mean by that? I mean um, if it's if something's essential, you do it regardless of whether you think you can or not. Um, if you have to, like you, let's say that you um, you have to deliver this thing for a client. Otherwise, this client's going to fire you, and that's all your income gone. You're you probably don't think you can do it, but you're going to give it your all because you know you have to do it. Uh, that's how we should be treating a launch as well. Um, that took me down a little bit of a tangent now. <laughs> what well, were my I'll other dudes and don'ts? for the belief one,
1: because I think the yeah. belief is a good one as well, especially as a course creator. Because it's kind of like, if you don't believe in yourself, why the hell is some person on the internet going to believe in you and, and buy your, your program? You know, like belief, I think, has got to be the major one. you got to believe, hey, I can do it. It's going to be awesome. And that will show off. If you don't have that, it's going to be hard to sell something on the internet.
0: Right. And so this is actually, this leads into a really good do, and that is do understand that it's more than just about you. So it's not, it's not about you. It's about the people who you are helping. And the sooner that you can get your launch out there, the sooner you can get your course out there and launch it, the sooner you're going to be able to help more people and impact their lives. Mm -hmm. And where I would recommend um, getting into this is thinking about what kind of impact is your course going to make? How can your course actually have that transformation on somebody's life? And then reminding yourself that if you don't launch it, you are doing people a disservice because they're not going to just find it. There's no way that they can just, they'll just stumble across it and by your course, uh, so remembering that uh, that one's
1: so important. Um, can I give another spin on that as well? Oh, yeah, right, that's been there, and I think it's another way to look at it is even even like I guess more from the creation side of things as well, where it's kind of like that can be a common thing where someone's like, right, well, like, I'm going to put this course together on what I think is the best way to do it, right? And that's okay. There's an element of that, but ideally, what's important is to see what does your audience want. Right? What do they want to see in the course, and, and that will that will choose, that will um, determine what you put in the course, but also in the sales material as well. So I think it's a, another way to look at it, where it's just like it's not you in a in a little box here. It's kind of like there's all these people here. The more you can include them in everything, the better.
0: Absolutely, and that actually leads to another awesome do, which is do launch it before you've created it mm. if you can. Uh, launch Magic, like like I said, this is the fourth time I'm launching it. I only recorded the lessons the third time that I launched it. Mm-hmm. The first two times, the first time I launched it, I had only created slides for week one and mm-hmm. I taught it live via Zoom each week because mm-hmm. I wanted to know what my audience wanted yeah. out of it. I needed to know what my students were learning and where they were getting stuck each week because in my mind, I had this perfect curriculum designed But I knew that if uh, there might've been some areas where they needed more clarity or they needed a bit more explanation, And then there might've been some areas where they grasped it really quickly and could move on really quickly. So I knew by teaching it week by week, I'd be able to see what questions people were asking so that I could tailor the course content for future rounds. I did that again, the second round that I taught it. And then only in the third round was I so confident in what I was teaching that I created the the final slides and recorded the, the final version. It won't be the final version. I'll always end up updating it but the the final version for now. Uh, so do feel free to launch it before you've created it. And also don't wait for it to be 100% done, 100% perfect before you launch it because a product that is say 80% perfect and in your customer's hands is gonna have a much bigger impact than a product that is like 99% perfect and isn't in anybody's hands because you're waiting for it to be 100%. It's never going to feel a hundred percent perfect
1: ever. I'll, piggy, I'll piggyback off that. Cause a couple of really mm. good points there. There's always a common thing with course creators. Ah, oh, I can't, you know, sell it before I've created it, but it, it's, it's a common thing in every other aspect of life. That's kind of like how it happens. And I'll share a couple of things I've learned over the years. Right. Um, I took Spanish lessons once, like in, in person. Right. Yeah. Okay, you, you, it goes week by week. You know, I go there every Monday and they teach on Monday. They see who's yeah. in the class. And then the next week they kind of cater and go faster or slower and then the next week and the next week and the next week uh, and the other thing they do as well is like if they don't get enough numbers they can it. you know they send you an email <laughs> and they're like hey sorry we didn't get enough numbers it's not worth it see you later bye like yeah what happens in real life i've also taken salsa uh, classes i've taken bjj lessons like everything else in life you do face to face they teach it week by week by week and they can it if there's not enough numbers so it's the same kind of thing online there. So I think that's a, um, a good point. And even as you mentioned, the, the teaching as you go is huge as well. My background is in fitness, used to be a, a boot camp instructor and I used to run a 12-week boot camp challenge, the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. And like I would I would have an overview of what I was going to do, the 12 weeks, but depending on who I had in week one, was going to be slightly different to, to, to what I did. And then I would uh, tailor it as I go. And it wasn't until I ran, you know, three different boot camps that I was like, okay, this is what majority of people need in week one and majority in week two. So I think it's, it's a, yeah, a, 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 an awesome point. I've got, yeah. I've got one for you, Steph, that I've got yeah. um, the evergreen versus the launch. Why mm. is the launch the better option let starting start. Well,
0: in- Okay. So the launch isn't the better option, but I think if you're thinking of creating an evergreen product, you need to live launch it a few times first, Um, a couple of reasons why. So firstly, when you're live launching it, you are having that one-on-one interaction with your audience. You're having that live webinar where people are asking you questions, or you're having that challenge or that Facebook group or wherever you're interacting with them. And they have that opportunity to ask you questions, which allows you to identify any gaps in your launch content, any objections people might have to buying so that you can address them in that sales page in, let's say an evergreen webinar, if you wanted an evergreen webinar or whatever evergreen content you are sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the first reason why. The other reason is that when you're launching a live launch, you tend to have larger volume of numbers coming through. So when you are promoting a webinar, you'll tend to have people inviting their friends and it does without really trying, you do generate a little bit of buzz around it. And that means that you end up with this larger volume of people coming through, which means that we can look at the data and the insights from that data to assess how it's converting. And we can then make tweaks based on that data. When it's evergreen, you might only be getting a couple of people coming through that funnel each week. And it might take you 10 weeks before one person buys. And to the person who's got that evergreen funnel, if you've got five people or 10 people coming through that funnel each week, yeah, 10 weeks might actually not be that bad of a conversion rate, but it's going to feel in the moment, it's going to feel like it's not working. Mm -hmm. And you don't have enough numbers to go through and Generate any valuable kind of insights from that data. Uh, so that's yeah. Those are the two really big reasons. Um, One
1: more I have found as well there, Steph. Mm, yeah, usually the the, um, the non fake urgency and scarcity. Mm. So it's kind of like if you, like with Steph's program. She's running the webinar on Friday. The program mm. starts I think Monday, the week after or something, right? So it's yeah. kind of like you in or you're out. You know, if you're in, great. You, you got to do it now. Or if you're not in, that's totally cool. But don't come crying back next week or the week after and see if I can help. You're gone for, yeah. for X amount. You know what kind of and there's ways you can do that with Evergreen as well, but I think it's easier the first the first few times of doing it anyway, because just like built in. It's kind of like a yeah. Monday, you in, you're out.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, And that's actually a do that I should have mentioned before is have a deadline, like Mm. some kind of deadline. uh, And that's one of the beautiful things about a live launch is that you do have that built in deadline and it doesn't always have to be doors open, doors closed. It can Mm. be that the price goes up. It can be that a bonus expires. But having that deadline, it's not about pressuring people to buy it. What it does is it forces people to stop procrastinating Mm -hmm. because people will procrastinate making a decision. They'll procrastinate anything that feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And when they're signing up for a course, yes, handing over money feels uncomfortable, but actually also pay, uh, 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 committing to that transformation, committing to take that action. Mm -hmm. That feels uncomfortable too. Imagine like somebody signing up for your 12 week bootcamp, Jono. They're not just paying for it, but they're also committing to changing their lifestyle. They have to wake wake up up early. early. Yeah, they have have to wake up early, take take that action. That feels uncomfortable too. And they're going to keep putting it off. It's going to be like, oh, I'll just sign up next Monday. I'll sign up next Monday.
1: (laughs) Until Yeah. This (laughs) is what always happens. (laughs) This is what always happens. And
0: having that deadline forces them to make that decision. I like you said, are you in? Are you out? Great. You're not in. Okay, cool. You have to wait. For another six months, or you lose out on this bonus, or if you change your mind, it's going to be more expensive.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so yes, yeah, super important to have that deadline.
1: Awesome. Step. There's a couple of questions I like to finish off with. Mm-hmm. You hey, qualify? Throw them at you. Please, love it. Awesome. Awesome. So every guest I get on there, I like to hear their their kind of product stack or their their technology mm-hmm. stack. Not so much the the my the software stack, I should say. Yeah. What software are you using? Your course hosting, your marketing. Oh, everything. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. I use a
0: lot of it. Uh, so course hosting is in Kajabi, okay. um, email marketing is in autopilot. Okay. Uh, project management is ClickUp. Okay. Um, what else we are right, ClickUp and Airtable. We have a lot of databases in Airtable, um, obviously Zoom or
1: your, your landing pages, Kajabi, uh,
0: landing pages are built on show it, which is like a front end builder for WordPress.
1: Okay. So uh, cool.
0: And what else? Um, Descript is what I use to edit my podcast episodes and any video that
1: I do. Webinar software?
0: Webinar software, Demio.
1: Okay. There we go. So question with you on that. Uh, so Kajabi, a lot of people that listen to this podcast use Kajabi as the all-in-one. Mm-hmm. Any reason you don't use it for your landing pages and your email marketing?
0: Uh, because when I first signed up for Kajabi, I already had landing pages and I already had email marketing set up. Gotcha. And at the start, the email marketing wasn't very powerful. Yeah. Uh, Kajabi's really stepped up big time. And yeah. I think that once our 12 month contract with this current email marketing tool finishes, we'll probably end up moving it all into Kajabi.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting one, right? I think you're similar to me yeah. we you've been in the game a while, but only ones used to be crap. You know, yeah, right. It for, for certain things, it wasn't worth it. But now yeah. they've gotten better. And it's, it's a couple of things to me. Half, I think I'm in the sunk fallacy kind of thing, or mm. I'm like, I used to just tell myself that all in ones were so bad. And <laughs> now I've got to try to go back on my own words and be like, you know what, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that as well, it's the pain in the ass changing everything over. It's kind of like, even well, that's, know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what's put me better. off. Yeah. So like, even <laughs> though I know I'm going to save money and save time long-term it's just so much of a pain in the ass it's more comfortable to stay
0: right yeah see i would i I would love to migrate my entire website into kajabi yeah. it would save so much duct tape oh that's another one yeah. in my tech stack zapier duct oh, taping yeah. everything but everything yeah. together yeah. uh but the problem is that uh, I have a couple of hundred blog posts in WordPress. Yeah. I have beautiful, a beautiful custom design site yeah. and I would lose all of that. I wouldn't yeah. lose the blog posts, but migrating them's a pain, but I would lose the beautiful branding, the beautiful design, moving that into Kajabi.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Um, all right, final question, Steph, and then we'll finish yeah. up is around mentors. So you're obviously a mentor for plenty of people out there that want to improve their launches. I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been If you could answer this in three different ways, if you could give us a paid mentor Mm to someone that you've you've paid money to and you've done their course, their their coaching. Uh, An unpaid mentor, so you haven't paid them, but you Mm -hmm. follow them on social, you listen to their podcast, whatever it may be. Uh, And a book that you recommend everyone should read if they want to get better at launching. And I believe you can, I know, yeah, you answer those three. I'm trying to think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. So paid mentor, I worked with Celine da Costa for just over, tw- oh, yeah, around 12 months um, from 2020 to 2021. And she basically rewrote my entire brain. Uh, she, I, I, I went to her for help with um, writing my brand story, creating my brand story and getting it out there. And actually what we ended up doing was so much mindset work that I realized, uh, the real, I realized the things that I originally wanted weren't actually what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So that was my paid mentor, unpaid mentor. Um, it's really hard because actually most of the unpaid mentors I follow, I end up buying something from them anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, who, who's an unpaid mentor? Um, Sorry,
1: no, you go.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll give credit to Amy Porterfield on this one. I've bought so much of her stuff, but her free content, I still listen to her free content, even though I've bought pretty much every paid program she ever created. Um, she's just great. And I I love her free content. Her podcast is incredible. Um, and then what was the third one? A book, um, a book that I would recommend to everyone is the mountain is you by Brianna West. It's a book about self-sabotage. It is so relevant to launching. It is so relevant to anything in business. It's not a business book. It's a mindset book, but it, is, it will change your business.
1: I have not read that one. Give it another, what was the name, sorry?
0: The Mountain Is You by Brianna West.
1: I'm going to Amazon wishlist that now. Oh, it's wonderful. Okay. Steph, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover today. Um, just before we leave you to it, we'll put the links down below for your webinar and also for your program. Uh, if someone just wants to follow you in general, they can't make the webinar, they can't do your program, whatever it is best place to follow you.
0: Yeah. Best place to find me. I'm on Instagram at stephtaylor.co and I also have social podcast, which you can find at stephtaylor.co forward slash podcast.
1: Awesome. Okay. Anything I should have asked you, but forgot to, or anything you want to finish off with?
0: No, I think that's, I think you've asked pretty much everything that is in my brain today.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Jono. Awesome. No dramas. And I'll um, I'll attend that webinar as well. So I'll see you in there, Steph. Awesome. See you there. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Course Creator Community Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort and we'll catch you in the next episode.